Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. Again, we're going to talk about aesthetics. So, um, maybe we should start with what this thing is. Sure. Do you want to? Uh, so, when I think of aesthetics, I do think of art. I do think of beauty. These are the first things that come to mind. I'm not sure. Um, see, yeah, same thing: art, beauty, um, but also probably all sorts of correlated issues like mm. again the role of the artist in in artistic creation or artistic existence so to speak mm -hmm. the role of the observer in that um the what is art for right all things related to these things but definitely the the, the main dish okay. let's say is art and beauty so so do you want to start kind of how we were just you know sure. in our other conversation like um, what is art what is art um and i guess that we were saying, um, you know, we're meeting before, art is, I think one thing that most people will agree with is that art is representation. Mm -hmm. It is the, the representation of something, mm. at least. What the something is might be different, and we might agree or disagree on what these things are. Some people, for example, in ancient traditions, it was they're the representation of the external reality, right? Mm -hmm. A good artist was the one that was able to copy, we can say, to represent accurately what was outside of us. And representation is an interesting concept because as we were saying before, it's like, it's not the thing, no, right? It's, not. it's a representation of the thing. So it does seem to involve some kind of disruption of the natural order of things. And that's what the artist does. He reconfigurates whatever is outside. It seems like that. Through the eyes of a... Again, in ancient tradition, we can say of a universal human being, so mm. to speak, right? He's tried to represent, to, again, represent to our eyes what's outside through characteristics that all of us can comprehend the same way, so to speak. At mm. least that's the ideal, I want to say. Right. So it's like you re you have to rearrange like postulates that are already there yes. in reality. But it is a rearranging. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Right, because okay. I'm, I'm wondering... At least in this tradition, definitely. In, in this tradition, right? But I'm even saying, like you personally, right? If we just sat down and you were like, this table, art, right? Just saying it's art. You're mm -hmm. not rearranging anything. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't seem like things could become art because you say they are. Uh, definitely. Right? Definitely. Okay. Well, at least not. An individual cannot make that decision, I want to say. Mm, okay. Maybe a group of individuals could hmm. for some reason. Again, I don't, we need to elaborate more on this, I think. All right. But, um, but if we're staying with the general thing of art, I, I would say that Going back again, there's a tradition that would say that the representation of the external reality is art. 
I can think of a tradition that would say something similar, but slightly different. Mm -hmm. the, the representation of the internal reality mm. of the artist is what makes art. Hmm. Right? That's another point of view. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, so I don't, I'm not saying that this is what I think it is. but And the thing that binds those two together is just that capturing something aspect, right? It's like it doesn't matter if it's external or internal. At the end of the day, we're doing something with the world. Like we're introducing something that wasn't there before. Yes. Right? And we're making it public. Ooh, you think it has to be public? I believe so. Ooh, interesting. I believe so because I'll, I don't think that, again, if I am an artist, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. and I make stuff, but I never show anybody, mm -hmm. that thing is not hard. Ooh, I disagree. <laughs> yeah, I you know how many songs <laughs> I have that are just sitting around? But are they art, though? I think so. It's, is again, well, I guess there's a level in which I think that the definition of public there hmm. needs to because I'm wondering it's like so one conception is of public would be you're taking it to other people another very loose definition of public mm -hmm. is it's evolving from an idea to something outside of the idea that's that, that that's exactly it okay so it needs to be um, how can we say Actualized. Actualized. It needs okay. to be uh, incarnated somewhere. Mm. It needs to be... Yeah, that, uh, that definitely makes sense. Because you can't be like, somewhere. oh, I have this idea of an artwork. So if you think of songs, right? You can you can have a song in your head, but until you don't play it, mm -hmm. until it's not instantiated somehow, <coughs> somewhere, mm -hmm. that's not art yet. Yeah. That's, that that's that all one I, I agree with. That's all I meant, actually. Oh, okay, okay. I don't think that's need to be... Doesn't need recognition, so okay. to speak. Okay. Um, but again, and even the fact that you know, if you, but again, there's a level. Of, there's a there's a part of me that thinks that if I just and with music is different though. If I make an object because I'm an artist and I put it in a in a drawer and it's there, hmm. just the fact that I made it, does that make that art? I don't know. Because I mean, let's say you were really good at painting for mm -hmm. example, and you actualized the idea, so it met that criteria, but you just kind of put it in a drawer, like you're saying. And 15 years later, you know, one of your kids goes in your drawer and is like, whoa, you were really good, like you were an artist. Mm -hmm. Would you say no, or would you say you were, but just never like identified as such? Maybe a way to, to look at this is that that, piece of art was born when my kid discovered it rather than when I made it. Mm, so now you've introduced the experiencer into the mix. Maybe, right? Mm. That might be, there might be a way of looking at it. I'm not sure that, again, not necessarily what I think, but... Mm. But something. I think that there is some somebody that will think that way. Okay. So, I mean, we can, I guess, have this discussion now. We were saying that there's these three regions that mm -hmm. exist. The most obvious one being the artwork, mm -hmm. right? But then the artwork wasn't always there. So you have the artist, the one who created, and then you have the person experiencing the art. And so this, I don't know what you want to call it, like artistic transmission, this process seems to have three steps. And one of the questions we consider is, are each of these steps essential? And if they are, are some of them more important than one another? So, so to speak, 
in order for there to be art, do all three of these things need to be there? The right. artist, the artwork, and the observer, so to yes. speak, and the one who's experiencing the mm -hmm. art. And there are meta questions about this, I sure, think, which sure. one of them could be, can the artist be also the observer? And that's an, is yeah, that that's enough? exactly right? what I was thinking. Uh, which it seems to be the case of what we're talking about before, right? If there are songs that only you have listened to, right? Mm -hmm. You're technically the observer as well, in that mm -hmm. case. And again, music, is, I think, is a special case. Why is that? Uh, I don't I know. I wonder. Because it's, it's conceptual, probably. It's a little bit different. It's not static. It's always... So, like, would film have this problem, too, because it's conceptual? Uh Partially, probably. Mm, okay. Uh, but uh, not not necessarily problematic. I'm saying I think it's a little bit different than than a painting or that's true that's or true. sculpture. Yeah. That's all. Um, so the relationship between these three things. So I think that it's and and again the question that we can ask is when we are analyzing this, would anything change to any piece of art, the Mona Lisa, for example, if there was no observer again would that still be a piece of art if all of us got extinct here right, right. or you know anybody that knows about it dies disappears and there's just this group of kids that survive in borneo or whatever and one day <laughs> they take over they get into a boat they eventually get to paris they got into the louvre and they get this thing they see this thing is that still gonna be art i guess the artwork and artwork when it's not art working or something <laughs> like that I don't know. It, it, there's the potential to say yes, because if there could be some kind of overlap between the artist and the, you know, the, the spectator or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it, then as soon as the artist creates and is involved, it is always already art, mm -hmm. even if observers cease to exist from that moment onward. That's one way you can answer it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's satisfactory, but... So you would say that the observer is not necessary, so to speak. Or, or are you saying that once there was an observer, that's enough, even if it's not present anymore? I think the thing I said was more of the second one. But, mm. but again, it's, it's contingent upon the artist being observer. Yeah, so you're, you're, you're saying that, hmm. And that's interesting because in that case, what we're saying here is that in theory... All we need is the first observer to be there, and then from then on, from then on, we are good. I, I think know. it's always going to be art. Yeah, that's a good question. Because I mean, which I, I tell you the truth, I have no well for different reasons probably. Hmm. I think it's it's reasonable to believe that a piece of art is a piece of art, regardless of the fact that somebody's seeing it or not. If we discover a a new Picasso all of a sudden, right? It's not that that. Picasso wasn't a piece of art for a long time and then all of a sudden it's a piece of art again. It was still there. It was still in existence, wasn't it? It, it seems like it. I'd be inclined to say that. Um, so in this case, we can say that art is independent. Well, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking of how to phrase it. It's like... Uh, the artwork remains an artwork even in the absence of... Uh, an observer. Observers beyond the initial artist. Well, that's what you're saying. I, oh, are you not agreeing with that? <laughs> not necessarily. I'm, again, I am weary of that because now 
we're going to flip this, right? And then, mm -hmm. so if let's say the, we agree that the observer is not needed. Okay. Now let's go to the other side. Is the artist needed? Mm. Aside from, again, of course, somebody needs to make that thing, right? Right. So the artist qua artist is necessary. Exactly. So the, there needs to be an efficient cause. Yes. There needs to be somebody who produces that. A producer is necessary. Mm -hmm. Now, is the intention of the artist. So whatever the artist is putting into the artwork, so to speak, necessary for us to call that artwork an artwork. So there's a couple different levels to this. The first one, which is the most basic, is like, does the producer have to view the produced thing in a certain way to call it art? In other words, if someone produces something and then they say, oh, this is art, I'm making it for the sake of art, is that any different than when a producer makes something and doesn't say that it's art or actively says, you know what, this isn't art? Mm. I think that's question number one. Yes, absolutely. And I will be inclined to say that that doesn't matter whatever distinctions the artist makes. Hmm. So let's say... Because I can imagine a scenario when... Which is the scenario you gave me about me and my kids, actually. Oh, okay. Right? I make something, I don't call it art, I put it in a drawer. My kid comes, wow, this is art, right? Hmm. But so in that, if in that case it would be art because of your son or daughter and not because of what you said well but if in that case again if we're not discussing the artist aspect of it right right there's there are, seems to be grounds there to say that my intention was not influential in calling mm. that thing a piece of art right gotcha because i'm trying to think of a mundane example like <clears throat> you I was going to say, oh, you're making peanut butter and jelly, but you don't do that. You make cheese. You're like way cooler than that. <laughs> so you're making cheese one yes. day <laughs> or bread. You do that. Yeah. And it's just bread to you. Yeah, right? What if someone comes, like if I come over and I'm like, oh, this bread is art. And you're like, what? No, it's bread. <laughs> does, it, does it become art because I called it art? I know what you're saying, but I think that the issue is a little bit different. Uh, okay. What we're saying is a little bit different. I think that what we need to, well, not what we need to, the things that we're trying to figure out is that independent, if independently from what I call it or what somebody calls it, in general, can something be art? It's not, it's not so, the name associated to it, I want to say, right? It seems like you definitely need one of them. Like, you can't just have an artwork without either a creator or a spectator, right? Because then we get into that territory of, like, so the world is art. So everything's art all no, the time. No, 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 no. Because we're still saying that the efficient cause needs to be there. Right. So I think I was saying absent of both an efficient cause and a spectator, there could be no art. No, I think that there could be no art if there's no efficient cause. I okay. don't even care about the spectator. But so it's the intention part. part. Okay. Is, the, is the intention of the artist and what the artist means by that piece of art that instead is, I don't think it's necessary there. When you say that, do you mean, because I think intention is a hard word. So like, I'm not sure if you mean intending it to be an artwork mm -hmm. or intending that artwork to have a specific meaning. The second one. The second one. Yes. But you would say the first one is a requirement. That 
Mm, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I okay. Don't know. But forget that one. So the second one. Yeah, the second one is the one that I'm that I'm thinking. I'm thinking of. Uh, think of graffiti's in caves by, you know, primitive populations. Not primitive is not a good word anymore. So we got to think of prehistoric, prehistoric population. Right. Right. Um, think of the, I doubt that these people said this is hard. This is hard. They didn't say that, most likely. Hmm. Um, and they were there for a long time before we discovered them. That's true. They, it's not that they appeared all of a sudden when somebody saw them, mm-hmm. and it's not that the guy, the fact, and we consider those things art. Mm-hmm. So, and we know absolutely nothing about their intentions. So either we're correct, in which case the particular intentions don't matter, or we're just wrong. Right? There wasn't the options. Art. You're that, saying there wasn't art. Yeah, that it wasn't art even in the first place. But I don't think that that matters at okay. that point because it is art. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm going, hmm. I'm going in, in circles. So I'm wondering, uh, so we're thinking like to what extent do the intentions matter? And this is a question that I've always, I don't want to say struggled with for a while because I found myself on both ends of it because on the one hand, I was always, like you talk to anyone who I talked with, while I was in college, mm-hmm. um, I was a diehard defender of like, no, authorial tent is absolutely essential. And my argument was basically that the art wouldn't be there without the intent. Mm-hmm. And if you suddenly say that the particular intent is no longer relevant, that gives way too much freedom uh, for the observer to interpret. Mm. And there could be an interpretation that's objectively wrong but being presented as if it's true. Well, what does that mean? It means that they are not respecting your will regarding that that piece of art? It could mean that they're saying something is the artwork that's not really the artwork, and that may have consequences. So they're, they're, they're attributing to those words or notes or something. Yeah, like some I always thought of in a political context. Okay. Like, let's say I made some artwork, and it was supposed to be like something about racial harmony mm-hmm. like that's what i had in my head that's what i did when i created the thing and then now you have the observer hmm. and then if we say oh authorial tent doesn't matter to the constitution of the art object what if this person comes along and says oh this is a piece about segregation this is a pro-segregation piece it's like mm, that doesn't seem right but it's I hate to say this in these terms, but isn't there a way in which these things readjust? Hmm. What do you mean? Meaning that there can be somebody that does that, but if the piece of art is really not that, the opinion is going to go back and say, "Now you, it doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't fit." Doesn't that put the the, the profile the the profile hmm. not of the artist but of the piece of art? Right. Right. I, I maybe it may be that I, even though there's these little anomalies that could exist it's not the predominant view right i would say so yeah and that might be true but what i'm wondering is if we say that does mm-hmm. that then put the the too much power in the hands of majority opinion it might hmm. it might but i wonder if we have a way out of this yeah <sighs> and and quite frankly i'm thinking you know we we're mentioning just what is an order right mm-hmm. the other day and this is the discussion pretty much right it's the authorial intent necessary there, and you know some of the postmodern thinkers will say no. Right. Roland Barthes, right, and, mm-hmm. and Foucault will be like, nope. 
in different ways, I gotta say, but neither of them think that it's important. And I tend to agree with that for probably different reasons that them them. Okay. Um, you were mentioning the, the, the dangers of putting too much power in the interpretative aspect of art, right? But I can think of some dangers, quote unquote, which are pretty contemporary to us, I want to say, about putting too much stock in author intent. Okay. Um, I always think, because if you are giving author intent all this power, right, and that means that you are beefing up, so to speak, the relationship between the artwork and the artist. Mm-hmm. These two things seem to go together, if you, if you think that those things are important, right? They go together, which means they are not separable. They cannot be separated, it's kind of the artwork carries a piece of the author with it. Hmm, okay. Right? Yeah. I think I know where you're going with this. But if that's the case, then what happens when the bad artist people, does something bad? Okay. But people do, hmm. do good art. And again, that's a good point. I'm thinking of, we can, there's a plenty of people from Picasso being, we know exactly not a nice person. I mean, I'm, we, I'm thinking of like Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, R. Kelly, uh, Michael Jackson. Yeah, the Michael Jackson one is big because it's like I was having a conversation with my sister-in-law's brother. I don't know how to refer to it. <laughs> and uh, favorite movies came up. Okay, and this guy was like super into art and movies and music. And I was like, "Oh, American Beauty is one of my favorite movies." And he was like, "Oh, really? Yeah. You like American Beauty?" And I was like, "Yeah, hey, it's like a wonderful that? movie. <laughs> it's it's talking about potential, and it's yeah. never too late to change." And he's like, "Yeah, but Kevin Spacey did all that stuff," and I'm like. Yeah, but I didn't say I liked Kevin Spacey. I said I liked American Beauty. But I and you're. I think the thing you're saying is if we attach the contributors of the artwork too much to the artwork, then we wouldn't be able to make this distinction that I was making in that conversation. Exactly. And so maybe there's a balance. And also, I think that even more than that, I think that you definitely cannot say anymore that you like Kevin Spacey, the actor. Mm. Which. That's art, right? It's right. perform it's performance art, but it's still art. Yeah. But you cannot say that you like his way of acting because of who he is mm. at that point, right? And I disagree with it. Because I, I, yeah, I'm same page. Because I also think that it's very difficult. They always say this. So when I look at a piece of art, if it's something I look at, or if I listen to a song, let's say I don't like Michael Jackson much. You but don't like Michael Jackson much? Not wow. much, but... Oh, uh, but let's say I, I like uh, let's say I like Triller. Okay. And, okay, and uh, actually, true story. Uh, <laughs> as a young kid, I listened to Triller for the first time, and I was like, "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. Right? And they he gave me that let's call it sensation right now, that feeling, that transformative experience that you that you get every time you in front of something that's beautiful or something that really touches you from an artistic perspective, whatever okay. it is, right? That's called, I don't know how to call it right now. I didn't know anything about Michael Jackson. Nobody knew anything about Michael Jackson in the bad ways in which we know stuff, right? I have experienced that thing. Mm-hmm. Now the fact that Michael Jackson is a bad person cannot erase that. Yes, I'm always bringing this up because this happens with uh, band members too. It's like, did you hear what he did? I'm like, yeah. And they say, oh, so you can't 
they're not good anymore. I'm like, no, 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 no. You listened to this growing up for years. You had these transformative experiences. Those don't suddenly disappear. You cannot take them away. Right. And that means that that was good art. Mm -hmm. And you cannot, just by erasing them from your life, you still have them in you. Right. Like they've changed you. Exactly. So how can you, it doesn't make any sense to me, this idea that because you've, but again, it's complicated, right? That doesn't mean that if you are a bad person, we should praise you true for being a bad person but i think i can still say that you make good music or or you're a good artist and i also mm. contend that in our society we don't have an issue really with the fact that this person is making good art because we will be able to still accept and listen to the music the issue that we have is the fact that this person profits off of it Hmm. which is not an aesthetic issue right Right. That's least, like a, a, well, an economic issue. Yeah. Uh, at least on a certain level, it's not an aesthetic issue. Because, I mean, you, you want to say there's more credibility if you want to say, oh, I don't want to financially, like, subsidize this. Yeah. But it's like, what if you already own the CD? Exactly. Right? Right. What if you already have the files? <laughs> break it. Right, right. He's going to break <laughs> it in half. Um, uh, but it is. But that, that's, that's that is why... I am not on board with author intent being so important. Okay. Because I think that then we get into these issues. Hmm. But instead, if we consider art, the artwork by itself, quote unquote, then we don't run into this issue. And if we disqualify at the same time, also the importance of the observer, Mm -hmm. we also don't run into the issue of the interpretation stuff. So we save the process by just sticking to the, to the work. Art, to the work itself. And we say it's unimportant, okay. the reception of it, and it's okay. unimportant, the intention of the producer. Mm. That could work. Uh, I'm wondering if there's a way to make the intent argument more nuanced such that it doesn't fall into this trap, which we both agree is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm wondering what someone could say is... So when you say you shouldn't break Thriller just because maybe Michael Jackson did this thing or, mm-hmm. or you don't want to break your, delete your file of American Beauty just because Kevin Spacey did this stuff, that doesn't seem to be so much a problem with authorial intent so much as it has to do with Character. what that person does independent of the art. I right? was thinking of that as well, yeah. And that could be a way, but then again... Is it possible? Can we think of a scenario where there is an an artist, right? Mm-hmm. That has a specific intent for a painting, for a song, for whatever it is. Okay. And let's say you don't know about this intent, what this intent is. Mm-hmm. And you still appreciate that artistic work as an artistic work. And then years later, you find out that this intent repulses you. <laughs> yeah. And then what do you do? That's you, a good question. You, you erase your experience again? Yeah. So what's, what if the intent of, I don't know. I'm thinking something extremely abstract and metaphorical. And then you're like, oh, well, that was actually promoting pedophilia. Exactly. Right? So I was thinking, you know, 
Not that I care much, but all all like Marilyn Manson style. Okay. Kind of guys, you know. Let's say you're you're a really religious guy, and you for some reason you miss the whole <laughs> <laughs> the old satanic stuff, right? Okay, and, okay. and then all of a sudden somebody says, "Hey, but dude, look, this talks about the devil being like," and we're like, "Whoa, no way!" <laughs> I don't know. Would you miss that? But it's yeah, okay. possible to imagine, right? That's a good point. I mean, yeah, maybe this is maybe this is a, a criticism that we can't get rid of. Because I was saying before that I fell on both sides of the debate, and the part of me that was wanting to detach from authorial or artistic intent was the part of me that was more like formalistic mm-hmm. in in my engagement with art. In that I will listen to music just because of the way it sounds, right? Like people will say, "Oh, but the lyrics," and I'm like, "I'm not. I don't even know what they're saying. Like I'm just listening to the way it feels," mm-hmm. and and that could only be a legitimate experience if you have to allow for some independence. Yeah, right. It's but that introduces this idea of formality, right? So yeah. well, let me ask you a question: When you're listening to it because they were technically, so to speak, um. Like proficient, a, a, a pe- well, yes, pleasing, so to speak, meaning that they, the proportion and the, the you know hmm. the chords or whatever it is they were played. Like I'm, I'm thinking of, and again, we're gonna show our age here. Uh, bands like Dream Theater or things like that, mm-hmm, right? Which mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the actual music itself, right, but right. The, from a technical perspective, they are really good musicians, right? Yeah, they yeah. know how to play. Yeah. And there's, there's like there's this uh, this virtuoso stuff going on there. Is that the sense in which you were listening to? So stuff? not not that. So okay. not technique. Okay. Um, more like the way it made you feel. The way it sounds, okay. right? Because I think there's a lot of stuff that I like that isn't as technically proficient as it could be, mm-hmm. but yet it's still like aesthetically pleasing in this formal sense. Okay. So I don't think it has to do with being good at technique necessarily. Because I think something uh, I'm thinking of is, so My Bloody Valentine, for example. Okay. I'm fairly certain that when Loveless came out, there was no lyric book. Mm-hmm. And, and someone's going to shoot me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that was the case. <laughs> and so you listen to something like My Bloody Valentine where the vocals are intentionally muffled yep. and really fuzzy and kind of low in the mix and really atmospheric because it's like drenched in reverb. You don't know what it's saying unless you sit there and like really write it down mm-hmm. and, and interact with the people. But that doesn't mean that the way the vocals sound and the way together with the music it sounds can't move you. So mm-hmm. that's what I mean by formalism. No, I yeah, I understand. And just no, I'm thinking of REM first mm. period where there was this whispering going on more than okay. singing. Same way, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, but that moves even more towards the fact that author intent is well. Yeah, that's why I think meaningless. my my actual position is somewhere in between. Mm. And again, I know I'm saying a big word like saying that it's meaningless, <laughs> <laughs> but I I actually I'll contend that it is meaningless. Mm. It doesn't mean absolutely nothing. Okay. We don't know what the authorial intent of Homer was when that's he true. wrote the Iliad, and still, that's art. Mm. We're not even sure what the authorial intent of some of our fellow philosophers was. And you, I mean, people could lie about intent too. Exactly. Right? No one's ever actually in someone else's head. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I have like 
plenty. Of, and, so, and, and I also believe that somebody accidentally adopts a meaning because it's popular sometimes. Yeah, oh, okay. What are you thinking of? But I don't think it's suited for <laughs> for a public discussion. Okay. The exact example I have in mind, but I think that there are like, let's say there could be somebody who's writing a song, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And the song comes out and everybody says, well, this, this beautiful song about love and, you know, this relationship between a man and a woman, it's transparent there and everybody, this intention became mm-hmm. become very popular. Meanwhile, the guy was talking about the, his dog. Okay. And then it's, it's like, at a certain point, it's like, of course, that my girlfriend or whatever, I lost love when I was like 12 years old, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You can lie about it. You can make stuff up, right? There is like, a, and I think somebody gets caught accidentally into some of these things and then he ends up playing a part for the rest of his career mm. just because it's caught into being this kind of. You get too caught in like the appearance of some kind of character so you kind of box yourself in. Exactly. Huh, exactly. interesting. So, and again, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see and to and to to play with this with this idea again, and I, it's funny because we we got rid of the observer thing right away, mm-hmm. saying that it is possible for a thing to be art without the observer, somewhat. I think it deserves a little bit more attention, but with the with the relationship between the artist and the artwork, it's much more complex. I agree. And um, but again, I think that a good the less problematic perspective it is. The one that says, I don't care about the intentions or the character or anything regarding the other. I, for example, I do this all the time. I don't know if you do this. Whenever I'm buying a book, mm-hmm. I try not to look back yeah. and see and look at the synopsis or anything, all the praises. I do I, that with movies. And when I listen to music, I've become this person who's like, I don't want to know what the lyrics are. Uh, I just want to hear it as this actually, like undefined, transcendent thing. So I'm actually, I think a step, I go a step further than you. I don't want to know what the name of the band is. Ooh. I don't want to know what these people are until I decide if I like it or not, mm. and then I'll I'll find out what the band is. That's that's your way of being what like unbiased or something like so that. So, for example, I had this this arguments every time you know if I'm somebody with somebody in the car, for example, uh, and or somewhere where I'm playing the music, and there's someone and I, there's music coming on, and somebody's like, "Who's this? Who's this?" I'm like, "Listen to it first. Do you like it? Then the moment you say you like it, I'll tell you who that is. <laughs> okay? Because I don't I don't because some people will say that something is good only and only if there is some band or some musician that they already approve of. Which is silly, right? But it does happen, hmm. I think, right? I think so. I think it's it's less, quote-unquote, uh, it's less of an artistic move if you think like that, yeah. right? Yeah, but, but again, once more, and... The music is still beautiful if you don't know what they are, right? If you don't know what they're saying, if you don't know all those things, if you don't know the intentions, if you don't know anything, mm-hmm. that music can still be good. That artwork can still be good. I remember the first time I, and I have said this multiple times, I remember being a teenager and seeing for the first time uh, Klimt, 
the, the, the oh, painting okay. of the kids, right? Okay. The, 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 and I didn't know who the guy was. I didn't know what the painting was all about. I didn't know anything about any history, any intent or anything like that. But that thing moved me. Mm. And again, I was a teenager, so even more of a of a um, displacement of emotions there, mm-hmm. right? Got them hormones. Yeah, right? That's, it's like, whoa, this is really... But again, hmm. it did, I didn't need to... I didn't even know. I, I, I still remember I was actually in Vienna and I walked into this museum and there were strange things. There was a lot of installations, a lot of stuff, and I walked around and then I got into these older rooms, which there were this thing. I didn't know if this guy was an artist. I didn't know when he was born. I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. But that thing was moving to me hmm I'm, I'm this is getting me thinking uh like to what extent the circumstances surrounding the presentation matters in an arts being a particular artwork because mm-hmm. um, sometimes like when you get an album it's a whole experience of like i'm looking at the album cover yes and then now this is setting up an aesthetic in a different sense. Mm-hmm. And then this is now being part of my listening experience. But that involves more than just the sound. It's like the album cover, the font type, the names of the songs, the order of this. Like, there's so much that goes into it, right? Absolutely. And I wonder if that is a distinction that we need to make mm. between the artwork in itself and this thing that we can call the, ecstat- the aesthetic experience. Mm. And what does that mean? Maybe artwork is not just artwork, but it is an experience. And the moment it becomes an experience, it almost transcends the author's intent and the observation of it somehow. Mm, that's interesting. Maybe we could talk about that in the next one. Yep. All right. See ya. Good enough. Mm-hmm.